good morning and welcome to Hearty Dice Friends. I'm Grant Harris, and I'm an old man stuck up a chimney. And I'm Christina, and I'm asleep on my microphone. We've brought you here today for a very special episode, special. which we're going to bring to you from Dreamland. Hmm. You've got the lowest possible start for the show, lowest possible energy... Just going to have a nice little lie down here. And maybe have a think about role playing games. Right, we're gonna we're gonna have to put some high energy in now. I'm afraid. Okay, hang on. Let me just let me just two more minutes. Two t- two more minutes, baby. Two more minutes. Fine. Ah, oh, Jesus! You've ruined the skit. <laughs> Like, it started off as a bit, and then I was like, this isn't broadcastable. Yes, <laughs> it is. It's absolutely broadcastable. It's lovely. It's just, it's such low energy, you know? Yeah, just pretend that, it, just, just pretend that we did it really well, and then go straight into the intro, and I'll just leave all this in. Sounds good, man. It's like explaining your jokes. It makes it funny. Yeah. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, and good welcome to Hearty Dice Friends episode 129, I reckon. Goodbye. Goodbye, good day, and good value. It's Hearty Dice Friends. This is role-playing. This is role Pounds, pounds, pounds in your spare time listening to Hearty Dice Friends. My name's still Grant Howard, and this guy over here is inevitably Christopher Taylor, and we're here to do role-playing. But not... Well, we're here <laughs> to not well. We're here to perform actions tangential to role playing. Nearby, adjacent, almost. How you doing, big dog? I'm sleepy. Yeah, always sleepy. Yeah. Always, always sleepy. Never big sleepy, sleepy boy. <laughs> cool. I had I had cool. one of those mornings where I almost fell asleep in a shower, mm. um, and now I'm here with you and the listening public. Shower sleeping is the most dangerous fruit. It, it is when you just up when you're standing upright, snoring into the full blast of the shower. Well, if you fall if you fall asleep in the bath, like you'll probably wake up when your face goes underwater. Yeah, but you're gonna collapse in a shower. Yes, yes, absolutely. Mm. Or just remain there, rigid and terrifying. Now, Chris, you you live alone. I do. Yes, you're 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 a, a, a high flying bachelor, and I live with my good old partner Mary Hamilton, who we all know. Mm-hmm. However, Mary's been away for ten days. Yes. Have you fully resorted to your feral state? Pretty much. Good. Yeah. Good. I've stopped. I've stopped changing my clothes. Obviously, that hasn't happened in a while. Uh, I showered a couple of times, which felt honestly a bit like invasive. Okay. Yeah. No. We can uh, do that. And I've resorted to. Uh, I've but basically. I've, I've. I've built my world around. Built my world around leaving my desk as little as possible. That's a solid way of living, honestly. I've started doing meal prep inadvertently, in that I'll just cook a lot of food, so that means I'd have to, I'd have to like turn the hob on for the next three days. Yeah, that's just pretty nice. good. I'm trying to like not leave the house except for tobacco and rolls. <laughs> <laughs> and I've slowly built up a zone, like a sort of filth cocoon around me, 
of have, have, like, have you have you created a wall yet? Oh, on my desk or or just anywhere. Like I I tend to create walls of just stuff where I put it down in the most convenient place. Yeah, yeah which yeah. is generally between me and something I need eventually. There's definitely a barrier on the old desk. There's yeah. there's, there's my breakfast plate is atop it. Oh lord. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've got my I've got my paints here. I've got some Rizzlers. I've got my credit card reader just in case that comes up. <laughs> Four pounds fifteen in loose change. A plague marine. Yeah. So You're just um, listing things you can see now. Yeah. Welcome to High Tech Content. <laughs> Content. Um, basically, what I'm saying is, I am a I am a wild forest man now. I have I, I've been living in what amounts to an abandoned house while it rains indoors. For the last week, and I am very strange. <laughs> Good, which I guess is just your normal life. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So that's my week, and you've been tired. I've been sleepy. I play games. We should also note that we did the Kickstarter. We did. We did do a Kickstarter. That, we were very happened. much up on it on yeah. this podcast before the Kickstarter and during. Now, yeah. Not really mentioned it. Well, that that happened. I, we mentioned it last episode because we recorded it in the last ten minutes. Yes. Of the Kickstarter, and now it's happened. Kickstarter has the money. We don't have the money. Eventually, we'll have some of the money. Golly, I hope so. I really hope so too, because a lot of people want their books. Mm. It's just, it's just, uh, it's just a sort of just happens now, doesn't it? It's just yeah. a thing. It's, it's not very such like if if you're expecting like if you're making your own game and you're expecting the Kickstarter to feel good in any way. Mm. That's not going to happen. Nah, it's it's not really great. However, if you're making your own game and you haven't set up your business properly, the, the Kickstarter might feel better because maybe at that point you just get all the money in your pocket. That's true. Yeah, so that's our advice. Do it badly. <laughs> do it badly because if you do it correctly, what happens is you continue to get paid as normal. <laughs> I would also like to know that in uh, two weeks' time we're running another Kickstarter. Yes, sort yes, of. Yes, kind of. We're, we're doing the Kickstarter for Electric Bastion Land. Chris mm. McDowell's. Um, new game uh, after it the into the odd rule set and it's really good and I'm not just saying that because we're running the Kickstarter oh, it is really good it is actually really good it's like it's, it's such an elegant system uh, so do keep an eye out for that but not now because it's not out yet anyway Soon. Christopher question Soon. oh god yes okay okay this is by Colin Steele mm. example of play how important how important? How important? I think that this is a... There's a cultural thing around this. Is there now? Because the Japanese, they love having a big old example of play. They'll write one that's half the length of the book. Gross. It is a bit weird. I think that there is... So, like, a lot of people will have an example of play for, like, every sort of mechanic that comes forward. Or... And not just, like, an example of skills use, but a literal example of play with, like, with people's voices written down. And, like, yeah. oh... I, I rolled the seven. Oh, that L- means this. Like a script. Mm. I hate it. I, I'm personally of the opinion that if your rules are good enough, you don't need one. Yeah. Like if your rules are clearly communicated enough, you don't need one. However. People people tell us every time to put one in our books and we just say, no, we don't need it. We're too good. Well, a lot and of people another ask couple us. Of, and then another couple of thousand people ask us and it's just, ugh. It's not just that they ask us to do it. It's just they ask us clarifying questions about the rules. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes me think that maybe we're not quite as good as we think we are. Shut up. Yeah. Um, I, I I get really bored with examples of play. They never read true. They never ring true. I just don't read them. No. I just and skip like, over them every time I see them. 
like I, I, it brings me back to my favourite example of play, which is um, the the one from Vampire the Masquerade. Would you like me to read you some now? I'd, I'd love you to. I'd love a little story time. I've actually got the book on my desk. On one of the walls. Between £4.15 and a plate. Hang on, I've got to stand up to get it out. Oh, Jesus. It was wedged in between a N64 magazine from 1997 and a fox skull. I see. Here we are. Poor Welcome. Fox. Died to be your desk trash. Welcome to Vampire the Muscarod. The Muscarod. Vampire with a small mouth. a small mouth. Oh, I'm in a box. Fuck me, where is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's been removed. Jesus, it's a, it's an old-fashioned World of Darkness book, so it's just about there's about 200 pages of in-character guff right at the top. Oh yeah. Oh, welcome, child, to the world of darkness. Let me explain everything in a long-winded in-character way. I'm going to hurt this woman off-screen. Mm. And then there'll ah. be a motivation for a male character. Mm. And what if she was kind of into it? <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> I can barely type for my massive goth erection. <laughs> I am the White Wolf! <laughs> Here we are. Fuck me, I found it. <laughs> Sorry, Chris and I just performed the actual... Yeah, the whole thing. Justin has gathered Rob, Cynthia and Alison together for a vampire story. Justin is the storyteller. Rob plays Gillian Brand, a toddy-adore dilettante. Dilettante. Cynthia plays DMZ, a gangrel gangbang a would-be anarch. And Alison plays Mortix X... A loathsome Nosferatu ex-coroner. The three characters, the three characters, realizing that fate has thrown them together for the nonce, have agreed to meet at a popular kindred hotspot. The nonce is not again mentioned. That is, that is really good. Okay, okay, so. Rob arrives a few minutes before the other players, so to pass the time, he and Justin launch into a one-on-one storytelling exercise involving Gillian's interaction with her herd. And this bit's in the little box out. An hour after sundown, Gillian lies pale and languorous on velvet sheets. Entwined in the romance novel arms of Miguel, her latest doll. His mouth on her neck is simultaneously enticing and vaguely irritating, his breath pungent and mammalian. She twists her head about to dislodge him, presses her lips to his waiting ones, nibbles at his lower lip, and then slowly sinks her teeth into the fleshy bit. No, no, that's that's the first that's the first bit of in character speech we get. Mm-hmm. The first bit of like, hey, this like hey, this is happening. No one has ever said that at a table ever. No, and if they have, that is very much the DM's magical realm. It is only shit DMZ dry spits in disgust at the dance floor. Not a goddamn one of the motherfuckers is saying anything. All anybody knows is that some motherfuckers with extreme firepower are setting up shop. No connections to anyone known, and fuck any boundaries. DMZ sniffs the air in the manner of a dog. Werewolves! Werewolves would make sushi of you, flavoured with a chip on your shoulder. It's Mortix X creeping up on them as usual. say as well during that example of play the main thing that happens is they uh, it's like they have to find out what's going on in their city and another player found it out the session previous so it's like oh yeah yeah the gm told them for the previous session oh my god sorry so that that was that was just me that was me wanting to read the book aloud yeah um leave it in or not i don't i don't care the point is it's impossible to write a uh, an example of play which is both accurate and useful and feels natural yes 
I, I suppose that's 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 the accurate bit. Like, I mean, if you if you did an example of play of actual D and D, it would go okay. So the goblin strikes at you with a sword. Okay, so that's a D twenty. Yeah, right. Uh, and yeah. which bit traces lines on character what, sheet? What, right, what am I adding okay. to this? Hang on, I'm adding twelve to this. Now it's your strength score. So twelve means you add one. Why is that? Well, uh, well, uh, okay. So I think I got okay. I got a nineteen. Do I hit it? You hit it. I, I mean, I do four damage. Okay, I'll note that down. Your turn, Gary. That's how it goes. Mm. And Gary's on his phone. I yeah. think that, like, that, like Gary's not is... even in the room. Yeah, uh, Gary. Gary was off again. I think that the thing which bothers me as well is like you look at. Um, we, we were recording. We were recording uh, Unbound. We were recording Unbound for broadcast uh, back, back when we were doing the Kickstarter, and it was Unbound actual play. And it was me and four of my mates hanging out, and we were doing like we were doing session zero and onwards for an Unbound campaign. Mm-hmm. And it was a bit of fun, you know. We well, did a sort of greatest camera work. It was it was motionless, <laughs> just unless anybody moved, at which point the box wobbled a little. Look, 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 mate! I did what I could. No, right? I, it was absolutely the best available at the time, <clears throat> but it was um, very much a product of its time. Yeah, yeah, it's not something that I'd do now. But someone commented and was like, "Hey, you're saying um and ah a lot. Like, like you should watch. You should watch some Critical Role, etc., just to get to get an example of, of of what's possible." I'm like, oh. "Mate, this is an actual play. We're actually playing the game." Could you get on your bicycle and fuck off? It's it's like it's it's, it's like watching it's, it's like watching homemade pornography and complaining they made funny noises. <laughs> I'm afraid I haven't had ten years of, of rigorous training to get to this yeah. point where I can not um and ah. I'm ver- and like I, I, I'm making up as I go along, and we're just mates. Also, I don't know whether if you saw, I drank a magnum of red wine during this recording. <laughs> they don't do that on Critical Role, the cowards. You're lucky I'm fucking conscious. <laughs> You're lucky I'm not standing on this table, bellowing at the person <laughs> who just failed a roll. Prick! I'm calling your mother so you can see. Don't you darken my door again, you waste of life. Get out of my house. Oh, it was seven. Oh, I'm sorry. Do stay. Oh, I'm very sorry. I take it back. That was on me. You're on thin ice, you fucking stain. (laughs) I have a question for you. I think it's probably time before that gets real dangerous legally. I don't know. I was, I was kind of into really threatening an unspecific person for no real reason. Oh, sure. It was fun. Yeah. But, like, I, it, you could get liable at the end. Yeah, it's true, yeah. You could cross-reference that with the videos and see who I was upset with. Exactly, yeah. The Pi 101.99 writes in, How do you start your campaign? Oh, I wrote this question down as well. Mm. And it's starting you, Were you hoping I'd answer it? <laughs> no. And then, then so, you could take notes for your next yes, campaign. Yes! <laughs> Finally! Start, starting a campaign is either incredibly easy or incredibly hard for me. Like, there's okay. no middle ground. Mm. Starting a fantasy campaign, I find a nightmare. Yeah. I, I don't know why, even if I use the same sort of situations as I do with sort of more modern stuff, it just feels odd trying to start a fantasy campaign, whereas if I'm doing Delta Green and stuff, I've got all sorts of tips and tricks that for some reason don't quite translate. Well, I think, like, like Delta Green really works for a... Um, really works for campaign starts, because you can, you can be, hello, you're all Delta Green agents. I'm your Delta Green dad. Go out and find a monster and poke it. Yeah, I, I admittedly I did just use Delta Green as like a a modern horror game, mm. like even nineteen uh, twenties uh, on onwards. You know, yeah, 
um, I, is, I, is fairly easy, partly because it's relatable, like, mm. it's a world I'm in. Yeah, give or take. Yeah. Um, but also, as you say, you've, like, it's, it's much more organised. Mm. You've got, Whereas, you've got an, an organisation there to, to, to Yeah, yeah you've got backing, you've got... Um, an infrastructure. Plot dad, as you say. Mm. Um, whereas with fantasy, it's like, hello, you're all on the same wagon. Become friends. Mm. It's it's really it's really odd in that role playing games as a as a whole don't come with group mechanics. They don't come with any sort of reason for you guys to be together. And they are they are every role playing game. This of course this is a, this is a vast generalization. Yes. Um, every role playing game is an ensemble cast thing. And of course, there's some games where it's just about one person or blah blah blah. Yeah, before whatever. we start getting really angry letters, like we yeah, are aware yeah. that there are games that do this. Yeah, what I'm sure there's some game which is just about how much your mech loves you and is your dad or something. You know, that's fine. Um, the, uh, the point is, they are all ensemble casts with no particularly strong writers behind it, um, which is which is very close to um, very close to Game of Thrones, I suppose. But imagine if Game of, imagine if Game of Thrones only had one storyline and everyone was there all the time. Yes, it, yeah, like if you had to go and investigate somebody's house and thirty two of them just turned up, <laughs> it's like the fucking brunes. It's ridiculous. Mm. And so you anything that happens in a fantasy game, I think until you've got that tone down, feels fucking cliched. It feels awkward and heavy. Yeah, and it and it feels like okay, so you have to. You like you have to leave this situation, friends, or you have to leave this situation on the same team. You don't know each other yet. Yeah, I I almost always skip that section. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very rare that I'll go right talk to each other in character because it's yeah. weird and awkward as a sort it's, of. It's horrible. Yeah, and someone lean over and 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 put on their best character voice and be like, ah, oh, oh, the beer around here is nice. And then someone who's inevitably playing a fucking wizard or something be like, oh, I never drink a beer. I, instead, I whisper to the moon. It just doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. Whereas if you start at Emilia Res, if you start it after a couple of adventures, mm. like, it makes, it, it's, it's much more fun to call back to things that didn't happen in a fictional past mm-hmm. than it is to try and make them up as they're happening now. It's my favourite part of role-playing. Yeah, it's great. I wrote that game about it, yeah. Do you remember that time when? Yeah, it's lovely. And it, it just means that you, you, you went you went to this sort of lovely, um, like, you've got enough grounding to say, like, well, okay, so so we all lived through it, and we've all, like, we know what we look like now, and can we reference what we looked like then, yeah. and how we, how we interact with those two worlds. What I want to see more of is, here is a way to start your campaign. Um, again, like, referencing Unbound, I suppose, which had, which, which had kind of, like, the kicker for you, like, like, where, like uh, when you picked your core, what are you doing, who's against you, where are you doing it, that sort of thing. Yeah. I want to see in D and D the same way that you roll background and you roll inspiration and you roll um, drive and that sort of thing. I want to have okay, so you guys are treasure hunters. You guys are protectors. You guys are bounty hunters. You guys are uh, agents of a magical school. Yeah, and I mean um, the more modern Call of Cthulhu stuff, like Seventh Edition onwards, has started doing this. Oh yeah, finally. In that, you go through a lot of Cthulhu characters. <laughs> How do you put a new one in with it making sense? Mm. So they've they've created a lot of organisations right. that can like funnel new players into existing groups, and that's that's a lot like what you're what you're speaking of, and it gives mm. them that much more structured approach. And yeah, what's the word I'm looking for? Like sensible, natural. <laughs> I 
couldn't remember the word. Like, mm. it feels a bit more natural than just, oh, um, yes, we've just bumped into this flapper girl. Would you like to come with us? Here's a gun. Why, <laughs> gee, I never shot a gun to Cthulhu before. Hold this book. Don't read it. <laughs> I'm going to go lick this mirror. <laughs> yeah, very much that. I, I'm terribly sorry. I'm afraid we're all going to die. I ain't never had a problem. I can't dance my way up. <laughs> you know, I've never danced my way out of a problem in Call of Cthulhu. That seems like a shame. Might start. I might I'd start so- doing it in real life, actually. Just like, did- oh, this conversation's a bit awkward. Dance away. I just cut most of the syllables out of the word Cthulhu there. Yeah, I did, I did hear that. <laughs> <laughs> it's difficult. I try to start my campaigns with with a bang. With a, you're, like, you're on route to do this job. You've already agreed to do it. Yeah. Um, or you... Or like, here's a normal day for you, and then something weird happens. But I know I, I try never to rely on the players to make that move because they no, don't know no. the world. They can't explore. They they can't speak with authority. At that Absolute point idiots. Game. Can't trust it's a player. Mouth breathers. It's ugh, awful. Yeah. Like you you wake up in prison. Oh no, a dragon. Like there's a load of different things you can do. <laughs> <laughs> what a day. <laughs> yeah, oh, boy, da, da, boy, da, da, a dragon. I ain't never had a dragon. I can now dance. <laughs> You're in prison. Ha, <laughs> <Our> beans. <laughs> the dragon is the jailer. Ah, nuts. I, I just, I feel like there's room for, for, for flapper girls in more things. I think there is. Um, I think it should be a standard class in Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. Fighter, Revolver. flapper, druid. Yeah. Revolver, don't read book. Um, wear those little shiny hats. Funny haircut. Swoosh. Ask me a question. <laughs> Swoosh. Oh no, I asked you a question. That's how it goes now, isn't it? Yeah, traditionally. No, I asked you that one. It's you. I know, but I don't want to. <laughs> well, I mean, they're what? written down. You just gotta... <laughs> <laughs> what? They're written down? I've been making we, these up. We've got it on mic. Oh my god. <gasps> Not if I've deleted it. That's true. A kuhartlock. A kuhart... Somebody asks, where do you start writing? I've been working on my game for a while and I have lots of notes, almost ten full pages worth, regarding the setting and its mechanics. And right now it just feels pretty daunting starting the process. So, when you ha- when you all have your notes finished, where do you start writing? It sounds like your game's already nine pages too long, mate. Right? Like, mm. you've overstretched that idea too far. Yeah, you, 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 can, you can literally write for hours on a role-playing game, I've, I've found out. Mm. It's, it's cut, awful. Yeah. Cut that down. Get rid of it. In, in, in a more serious note. Stop. We, stop, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Don't take money from my mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just get, get the fuck out of my manor. <laughs> what if your idea's good? Have you thought of that? I can't be doing with that. Yeah, can't have good ideas. No way, man. It's, it's tricky, because you, you end up in a place where... I was, I was reading um, Avery Older, did a thread talking about uh, talking about how she did it, and so like apparently she, like, she has a lot of bullet journals, she has a lot of journaling stuff. And the thing which scares her most is when she opens a blank Word document and there's nothing there. Mm-hmm. And that, that and that's that's really hard to overcome. And so the way she does it is like she'll just keep scraps of notes in journals, and she also said, and, and, and discuss it over tea with loved ones. And... Every time I try, every time I try doing that, I can sort of see the the boredom blossoming in my loved one's face. <laughs> Even if that loved one is you, Chris. Yes. So see, see that. Oh, God. Oh. And I appreciate that our relationship is an ongoing exercise in you putting up with me. Yeah, that, that's very true. But, yes. but but it does make money come out the other end. So you know, this is very true. Silver linings, swings and roundabouts, hoops and sickles. 
Heaps of sickles. Where do you start writing? And I think that for a big game, for a very big game, we just go at it. We like. I'd like to imagine that it's kind of like a. Do you remember in uh, an RTS? I'm going to use. I'm going to use Red Alert Two as the example because that's the one I played. Okay, Fistful of Coils and Alsatians. That's the thing, Alsatians. I'd get an army of 200 Alsatians and charge them in. Exactly. Did it work? No. It was a Zerg rush, yes. I had 200 Alsatians and one Behemoth tank to deal with any buildings or, <laughs> or uh, anything, anything like any airborne units because the dogs, unfortunately, couldn't use doors and couldn't shoot down planes. Idiots. Idiots. But, you know, we, we, like I, I, I rushed the base with everything I had and that meant that eventually I would win. And I think that's kind of how we do it in our in our business in that we're like, cool, we've got this idea for a game. Blah! <laughs> Let's make this a pretty much realised product within about a week. And well, well, no, not like realised rather than complete. Yeah, I think like let's like let's let's work out where this would go. So yeah. like like we ha- we haven't written the classes, but we've got a class done, and we know what the theme of this class is, and we can go from there. Yeah, I haven't written all the monsters, but we know what sort of thing we're after. Blah, blah, blah. And at no point did I sit down and start writing. Can't really no. remember that. Like, like you. Ha- so I'm just thinking like heart, which is our, our current thing. You, you did a word doc, so a Google doc, which was what if we did OSR? Yeah. As resistance, and then from that, that expanded to about twenty pages of oh, here's some ideas and what sort of things we could do, and here's some setting stuff. I think we've, I think we've um, abandoned six documents up till now. Yeah. And eventually, eventually, the document gets overgrown and unusable. So we'll just leave it and copy over the bits we need. Yeah, because like I have, I have the document on my bookmark bar because obviously I access it a lot, and oh. it's not named the same as the the document is named. What's it my called? mine is called version six. Ah, yes, and it's version seven currently. Yeah, and it's because mm. um, sometimes we do multiple things inside the same document. Mm-hmm. Should note also. Not all the not all the rules are in that document. Oh God, no! There's also classes and callings which and is adversaries now. Mm, delightful. Mm. So we 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 just run full tilt at shit mm. um, and see what happens. Uh, I think because honestly, like, if we're going if we're going five mi- five hundred miles an hour, mm. anything we leave smeared on the walls is probably going to stick. Mm. I think the the challenge as well is once you once you start writing, there's the, the the desire to focus in on one bit of the world or one bit of the game, and like, oh cool, well, I'm I'm, I'm going to write up my going to do my swimming rules. Oh yeah, it's going to be really exciting, and you and you write that, and, and so you get the swimming rules written down. And then you realise that that's infecting everything else. So I think the longer you can stay broad, the longer you can stay dynamic and open and say, well, here's a rough idea of what I want, and I'm going to wait until this all sort of clicks together, rather than I'm writing this one jigsaw piece, and then I'm going to write the rest of the jig- draw the rest of the jigsaw around it. Yeah, because like, we, use, we use placeholders for stuff. Yeah, so, Yeah, so you'll end up with, this ability makes somebody good at shoots, plus one to shoots. Uh-huh. And the system doesn't use plus ones at all. No. All that means is that this needs rules. They are mm. plus one. It's not a bit, you know, if it's not plus ten, mm. it's plus one. Mm-hmm. And it's about shoots. And then because we sort of flit all over the place and do a bit here and a bit there, we then mm. come back to this and go, oh, actually, we've got a system that this now works, this now fits into. Or, oh, this is crap. Or And then we delete it. <laughs> Just the other, yeah. the other common discovery. Oh, wow, this is, this is bad when we wrote it and it's worse now. It's just gotten awfuler. So I would advise you to not like. So not that this person's ever going to hear what we said, but you've already started writing. Your your notes are the game. Like they're just they're just a, a nascent 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 young, 
nascent, just a nascent version of it. They're just like they're that is what that is what will, what what will become the game. You'll extrapolate those out, and you might rewrite them. You might like there might be no evidence of them in the final game whatsoever, but they are going to be what you use to make the game. So they are the game. When you've started writing, congrats. Just just we just want to fatten them up for winter. Mm, just keep yeah. making them fat, and then eventually devour them for money. Get just get get kind of a funnel and put some sort of cornmeal in there. And then pluck out that delicious rules liver. Mm. Mm. Fry it in front of them. Mm. In front of them? Sorry, I, I had this whole thing in my head where we were like the evil witch in Hansel and Gretel. Oh, right. No, I was going for a, for a foie gras thing. I oh, I, 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 okay, I think, no. I think they at least kill the duck. <laughs> yeah, no, mine was a different different story I had there. All right. Give me, on give me one last question and we'll move on. Making an boss fight room with a rotating floor. What is stopping the party from flying to the boss? By Flash Gordon 07. Ooh. So first off, yeah. what? Well, this is this is about someone who like he, they wanted to make a rotating floor and they wanted to they wanted the players to have to interact with it. Yes, right? because okay. using using your powers as a character class is the worst thing. It is. It is it's a strange thing to get into because Dungeons and Dragons and yeah, Dungeons and Dragons primarily is a game about overcoming physical limitations. Whether or not like whether that physical limitation is a chasm or a wall or an orc, and there are. Could you just rules. say orc for me again? Orc. Thank you, I quite like that. Or an orc. I think I had to do the whole sentence. Uh, And you overcome physical, you overcome these physical limitations with spells, so flying, feather fall, spider climb, water breathing, what have you. Rope trick. Rope trick, um, orc death. And there's... (laughs) Emotionally cripple quadruped. (laughs) Potion of orc death. (laughs) Or what's this? It's strength potion. Oh, I am already fairly strong and wish to be stronger. <laughs> As Wait a is second. my stereotype. This is bleach. <laughs> you bastard. It technically it works on anything. It's not just orcs. Little do you know, I get powered up by bleach somehow. I love bleach. It's <laughs> all I fucking drink. I've <laughs> been drinking bleach every day for three months. I'm now immune to bleach. <laughs> Drinking a little bit. Mother, mother put a little bit of bleach in his gruel. Every day I've been shooting myself in the leg. (laughs) Now I'm immune to bullets. Every day I've been eating a single micro machine car. Try and run me over. (laughs) I ate an entire Tonka truck. It's a bit specific, but now I am immune to Tonka trucks. (laughs) I'm I'm just imagining this like fairly chubby orc. Yeah, like he's let himself go a little bit, but he yeah. co- he's convinced that he is immune to everything because it, it, he consumes it regularly. It just hasn't come up yet. It just hasn't come up. Yeah, I think that hang might on, be. Hang on. Is that a sword? And he, like, and like he, he checks a chart. Oh, I haven't done swords. Do you uh, have a couple of those on you? <laughs> have you got? Have you got like a, a dagger? I suppose it's like a baby sword. I guess we just start small, build up. Yeah. Yeah. You just um, slowly see him eating a live dragon. Just <laughs> his tail first. Yeah. Uh, I guess like dragon omelette at that point. Yeah. Um, what we ch- what we chat about? Boss fight room. Rotating fight floor. Room. Stopping the party from flying to the boss. Uh, have this orc eat a little bit of flying every day and then put him in the room. <laughs> so, now, so now flying can't kill him because he's immune to it. Well, flying can't happen near him. Okay. Um, no, I, um, so like there's the obvious ones. There's, ne- there's, there's nets. There's weights. There's ghosts which pin you to the floor. There's an anti-magic field. Uh, there is a draconic. Uh, there is draconic um, uh, f- a flying zone legislation. The ceiling Cut. is lava. The ceiling is lava. Um, Chain them to radiators. Yeah, yeah. 
um, if the player starts starts flying, or, or like even says the words like fl- stab them in the thigh with a fork. Uh, remind them that it says that you can fly, not your gear. <laughs> just leave all their clothes and Doesn't stuff. say shit about your gear, my friend. It just says you are now able to fly at thirty foot per second. You get a five. All right, fine. Doesn't say anything about my clothing, does it? It's getting pretty sexy here. Yeah. You have to leave the sword and everything over there and just really, what? just really, I don't know what happens when I get to the other side, honestly. Why do you think dragons don't wear any clothes? Exactly. They can't. They leave all the gold back at base. Dragons, naked. Birds, naked. Bats, naked. It all makes sense. Humans, clothes, can't fly. See? If we God should all get naked and go fly. up to the top of a tall building and just fly away. Um, let them, let them fly. Like, not everyone's going to fly. That's going to, like, your fighter's probably not going to fly. Your wizard might. But if everyone's flying, I guess the other option is to have it extend upwards from the floor like an area effect. Like, it's, it's like, like big beams of energy coming up which will catch them. Yeah. I just, I have this beautiful image in my head of this GM has just been throwing these kind of puzzles at the, at the players in every room. Like, even when there's no there's no fight, and you, it's just like a straight corridor, it turns, yeah. and they step forwards, and then he turns a little thing on the mini-map. Mm. Like, oh, come on, Mike, I just want to get to the... There's nothing in here. Riddle-dee-dee and riddle-dee-donator. And so what they've done is they've built their characters entirely so they never have to touch the floor. <laughs> they never have to interact with the world. Yeah, they don't, they don't, they don't, have, to, they don't have to deal with it in any way, because it's just bullshit. They just want to walk across... They just want to walk across stuff. Mm. They don't want to have to go through all this thing, and they cannot get their DM to stop doing it. So they've all—they're all hovering, they're all flying all the time, completely naked, perfectly frictionless, covered in grease. Yeah, just sort of slip sliding their way through a dungeon like a goddamn water park. They're, they're standing, they're standing motionless, bolt upright in a T pose, slipping forwards <laughs> on greased, on greased soles. <laughs> Shall we move on to the second part of the podcast, Christopher? We probably should do Grant because this recording has been an hour so far. Well, the first 20 minutes of it were just us faffing about. That is true, but then it's still a long one. Let's go. Okay, bye for now. Bye. Did you ever want a game to exist? But not enough to make it yourself. Grant and Chris make games. Plum Tree Chloe writes in, Whatever the opposite of blank punk is, i.e. cyberpunk, dungeon punk, steampunk, etc. So I'm going to put forward cyberpunk, because that is, that is in my head, really, the one viable punk genre. Hang on, so what's the opposite? What's the of question? Cyberpunk. What's the Wh- opposite? Whatever the opposite of cyberpunk is. Oh, Jesus. So, cyberpunk is about using new technologies to subvert authority. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also... Looking really cool with laser eyes and and like razor nails and big coats and maybe your gun has like a has like a torch on it. Uh, so you're working for the authority and you're and you're against new technology. You are government luddites. Can I suggest a different, a subtly different slant on this? Please, because mine was going nowhere. You are a middle-aged white man who goes antiquing. <laughs> threat nothing you, you do work for the government but as a civil servant he doesn't even take a car no <sighs> no you just you right. just you just buying some antiques um uh, you know mild manner antica by day is the opposite of cyberpunk 
bargain hunt. It might be actually. As long as as long as you assume that the contestants are civil servants. Well, no. You see, what I was thinking was that by by night, this man would use the antiques that he's purchased during the day mm-hmm. as a sort of vigilante, Ooh. enforcing the really small local rules. Okay. Like, don't go on the grass. Yeah, don't don't park your car there. During don't park your hours. car here. Yeah, you know, there's the, the little tiny parking signs, not the big ones, the little tiny ones. Your head just come over my property, that sort of thing. That well, sorry, sort of your head stuff. just come into someone else's property. It's not it's not personal. No. How does he use uh, ceramic knickknacks to do this? I just bashes their heads in with him. Oh, okay. Then 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 that's him breaking a law, isn't it? Shit. Ugh. I hadn't thought this through. I do like the phrase bargain punk. <laughs> bargain punk's pretty good. Bargain punk, as uh, in fact you're you're just working for David Dickinson, uh, who is dehydrated basement dwelling cyberpunk overlord. I need more old things. You're going through car boot sales for like unknown armies relics. <laughs> That's fun. You've not found one yet. It's been thirty years, but one day. All right. I think that that was that was really more of a thought exercise. That's fair. Than an actual game. Um, although I, there is something, there, there does seem something gently pleasing about a point-and-click game where you go antiquing and then uncover a conspiracy. I quite like that, actually. That sounds, that sounds right up your street, I think. And it also does sound like quite a good start to a Cthulhu adventure. Hmm, right? Yeah. Must have really exists. Um, what you got? Jonathan Yeep suggests Chirocopter, or alternatively, Helipractor. <laughs> Which is just such a delight... It's it's it's, it's chirocopter, which mm-hmm. is just such a delightful thing to say. Mm. But it rolls I, off the tongue. I'm kind of, I've got, I'm split. Okay. Either it is like the sort of the helivets, mm-hmm. that sort of thing where you fly in just to do some minor chiropractic radar. Crack your bones. Crack your bones. Yeah. But what I really like is that it's a policeman of mm-hmm. chiropractors. Who flies around in a helicopter? Chirocopter. Oh, I see. So let's so say he's cracking down on illegal he's chiropractors. He's cracking down on illegal chiropractic surgeries. And he's like sieging them. Like, you remember the old Rainbow Six games? The old yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah. The really brutally difficult ones. The ones where you had to plot every single route through. Yeah, and you with couldn't, 13 you couldn't make guys, and it yeah. was a nightmare. Yeah. It's that, like, like a game like that, like incredibly tactical. Mm hmm. But you're just trying to get into the waiting room of a chiropractor's, pretend to be a patient, and then arrest the chiropractor. And like, like he 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 cracks your neck, and your head turns all the way around, and he's like, oh, and then you look down, and he's he's got your hands in handcuffs. Yes. Now put my head back the right way. You're going to jail. <laughs> or I will die. <laughs> I can't breathe out. <laughs> I don't know how I'm speaking. Or indeed in. I I much I much prefer the idea of you being a rogue vigilante. So uh, so you are you are a chiropractor and you and like and like I'm gonna say big chiropractic has kicked you out of your small mom and pop chiropractor store. Oh no! Um, and you also run uh, you also run a, a mom and pop helicopter business. Okay. Yep. Um, so what you're doing is tra- traveling around the country to various open air chiropractic events and then using your chiropractic. By the way, it should be chiropractory, but I don't know why. I don't know why they, they got "pacti" at the end of it rather than "practory." Sure. Using that to uh, to solve your problems. So, like for example, you've got a guard there. Crack your bones. <laughs> See what I'm what I'm imagining is like he pulls a gun on you. Crack, crack your bones. bones. I'm imagining a sort of 
the wave shows like the wire shows this area is dangerous like there's a lady in an alleyway walking home at night it's dark there's a shape suddenly accosted the bag is torn away from her and placed gently on the ground (laughs) (laughs) and then he just like grabs her and what looks like a chokehold but it's not yeah it's just like click clack clack and she goes oh oh thank you You how much do i owe you nothing man and then he's off (laughs) so it's spider-man yeah it's spider-man but cracky bones it's Spider-Man, but except, but rather than solving um, crimes, you're ziplining out of a helicopter and assaulting. It's assault. It is absolutely assault. Yes, and I think it remains assault even after what you did was fix them. Yes, but I guess I guess that's why you have to be. Um, that's, that's why, that's why you're on the it's against the law. law. Yeah, right. Yeah, like it's a dirty job, but somebody's got to do it. Yeah, you're you're in you're in uh, the year is 2042, and all chiropractic has been outlawed for basically being bullshit. <laughs> next next to um, what is it? Nutritionists and homeopathists. Is, is it nutritionists or dietitians? One of them is intended is is made up. Uh, dietitians are, I believe, the correct one. Right. Okay. I can never remember which. I don't a, trust either. Have a degree. And nutritionists me. are like that Julian McKeith who looks at your shit in a box and stuff. Right. Yeah. Because they just both of them just tell me to eat better, and they're both liars. Well, that's that's not. I mean, you could st- okay. Um, it's, honestly, just the level of lactose you eat for a lactose intolerant person—it's a lot. It's bemusing. Mm, it's, again, I, it's genuinely I f- painful. Yeah. I figure your baseline is a sort of ground down coffee hell. So whatever you. What's what, a ground like, down coffee hell? I just, I'm just imagining like like your like your 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 baseline of existence is so unpleasant that you figure whatever like whatever the lactose is doing to you is normal. Oh, yeah, and I probably deserve it as well. Yeah, well, there's that. I mean, you did eat all that lactose. I did. I've got a question. I've, I've got a game for you. Go on, then. Surprise party for a sack of wasps. <laughs> <laughs> Writes in Drew M. Mayer. So, is this a, this is a surprise party for the wasps that are currently in the sack? I, I don't know whether you've been aware, Christopher, but if you've been on the internet over the last month or so, you might have noticed... A certain untitled goose doing very well. Yes, I have. You might have noticed everyone making jokes about that goose. Literally everyone, yes. You might have noticed that it's quickly become the cake is a, is a lie. The goose is a lie. The goose is true. And, like, it's untitled goose game. Great. Love it. We're, we're, there's gonna be. A bit like after Doom came out and everyone, everyone just released a Doom clone. Or, like, when Grand Theft Auto came out and everyone released a Grand Theft Auto clone, mm-hmm. we're going to have untitled Goose Game clones. So what I'm thinking is, Surprise Party for a Sack of Wasps is the next big thing, right? Right. It's a lovely morning in the village, and you have a sack of horrible wasps, and it's all their birthday. All of all of their birthdays simultaneously? Yeah, they're all Are brothers. They all, I was going to say they're all brothers, yeah. No, you, you, you know what, you know what? We've sorted the wasps by birthday. Oh, that sacks. makes more sense, yeah. And then it's about finding the best place to throw them into. Because <laughs> like, because everyone loves everyone loves the anarchic goose. Yeah. Everyone loves the cheeky chaos goose who steals the things. Why couldn't someone love three hundred wasps? Exactly. So what you should do is you should throw into people's back gardens. Yeah. People's shops, pubs. their cars. Yeah. Especially if yeah. they're driving. If you can get it through a window. Oof, now I will it. say. A surprise party for a sack of wasps would probably just be putting a jam sandwich in the sack. Yeah, but you write surprise on the on the sack. Shake the sack. Wasps. Yeah. And then throw it. (laughs) You make the sack unpleasant to be in, and then release them from the sack. Exactly. That's making their lives better. 
Yeah, I, I just think that it'd be the same sort of fun, top-down, simplistic graphics, very rounded and, and, and friendly, except you're just lobbing 300 wasps into a pub garden. So, so, so many wasps. Yeah, God, there's so many fucking so wasps, many man. agitated wasps. Oh, and they, and they they all they all think they deserve special treatment because it's their birthday. Oh, God. Then then you got to you got to use the uh, the DS styles to put them back in the sack. <laughs> one by one. <laughs> one by one. Come along. And Come along, they, boys. You've essentially been gaslighting these wasps because you've been making what the inside of the bag really bad. Oh, it's awful. And it's then letting them out and, and going there aren't I nice to you? What would you put in the inside of a bag to make it bad for wasps? Oh, um, no bees. jam. Bees. Yeah, bees. The the wasps' natural enemy. So like bees, bees looking really, looking really happy and, and fulfilled in their lives. Yeah, but also like they look like bouncers. You know those sort of chubby bees. Oh yeah, the the the, the big bumblers. Not necessarily a big bumbler, but like the ones with shoulders. Oh yeah, they're so cute. Those ones. I love them. They're great. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so they have so, a... so intimidating, threatening bees. Sort of, yeah. I mean, what I'm expecting to happen is the entire plot of West Side Story. Inside the bag. Inside the bag, yeah. Between rival gangs of wasps. And bees, yeah. Well, there's no bees in the bag. You're putting bees in there? I'm putting the bees in there. That's... I thought we were drawing the bees on there. Oh, I see. So we're putting the bees in as sort of enforcers. Yeah, the, the bees are keeping the wasps down. Right, okay. And then I come in and go, ooh, I've saved you from the bag. Yeah. Aren't I great? Ah. You best get in this for Cortina. You're nothing without me, wasps. Exactly, and really mess up just the interior. Okay, all right, yeah. So I mean, like you've got there's multiple stages of play because you've got bag customization. Yep. You've got birthday time. Birth- uh, birth- you've, got- you've obviously got birthday time. You've got to remember to gaslight your bees. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, well, so I, I think we're paying the bees. The bees are just agents. Oh, okay. Like the wasps are being gaslighted, but the bees are. Oh, like, yes. Yeah, sorry. Like yes. 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 Yeah. Uh, you've got you've got wasp collection, and then you've got the inevitable legal proceedings. Yes, there's wasp collection and then wasp discharge. It's four games in one. What, so you have, to, you have to deal with their discharge? No, you have to discharge the bees from the sack. Uh, the wasps. In, yes, yes, wasps. Yep. Into yep. In, into a, a ready and waiting space for them. In, into a birthday zone. Uh, scout huts are good. Yeah, that's good. Um, funerals. Soft or play if you, get, if you can get there earlier, the deceased. If it's an like, open casket, that's that's always a good one. If it's a closed casket and like and like it, it comes open, oh, a, a load of wasps right off as a prank. Happy birthday all of to them, wasps! All of them buzzing an aria. This is macabre and unpleasant. It's gone weird. It's probably yeah. when I started gaslighting the wasps. No, I think it was the corpse. Move on. Okay. I've got another one, if, if, if you want me to put one for Make it happen, make it happen. How about, from Kent Blue, this place is ours, a group of ghosts working to save the place they haunt from being destroyed, otherwise they'll be forced to move on to whatever afterlife awaits them. Oh, That's actually a charming game. Yeah, that, that sounds like one of those, it sounds like one of those nice one-pages. It does, I actually really you know, like that. those thoughtful ones. I do I just, quite like that, though. There's going to be a lovely scene where somebody just Arthur dents in front of a um, a bulldozer, and then remembers as the bulldozer goes through them that they're ghosts and nobody can see them or touch them. <laughs> <laughs> like they're being really defiant and brave, mm. um, but it doesn't do anything, and that's very sad. You could have different different kinds of ghost abilities. Yep. Which help, which help you. So it's kind of like spooking people out of the house. Kind of, but also you know you got to you got to spook people out of the um, the planning office. <laughs> You got to really put the shit on the new architect. <laughs> you got to get you got to get down to local council meetings and really speak them as far as zoning laws go. Yeah, you want a blue pack. You want to get grade two listed. Mm-hmm. 
Um, like some of you are pretending to be kings. <laughs> like a king slept in this bed and died here. You I have to you pretend did. that your house is more historically significant than it than it is. Yeah, yeah. To try and get it like grade two listed. Oh, I like that a great deal. But like, I, I like the idea that it's like um. I was going to say a hotel, but like a big bed and breakfast. You know the sort of bed and breakfast that you used to yes, see in the nineties, where there's like yeah. a living room with five tables in it that people could sit mm-hmm. at. That sort of spot, yeah. that sort of size. And like, they the ghosts have been learning little bits from all of the people. Like they've had an architect in. He, he's he's just he's unrelated to his project. He's just passing through the area. But mm-hmm. they had a quick read of his books. Mm-hmm. And there's an archaeologist. And like they've all they've all learned different things. Like oh, if we bury some bones here. They'll have to keep it open because it'll become a crime scene. So they go out oh. and get like a load of pig bones and arrange them into human form underneath oh, the patio. Great. Oh, I love the fact, I love the idea that all the ghosts are a bit thick. Well, they're not a bit thick, they just don't know. Yeah, sorry, sorry. All the ghosts are a bit ignorant and they've and they like they've learned they've learned about this through books they found and through and through like hiding under the table during during breakfast. Yeah, like, like, like hiding in the flower arrangement. Yeah. Can I I, I want to add something to this. Okay. One of the players is a helpful teen. Oh, excellent. So it becomes a bit CBBC. Yeah, and that's absolutely fine. This was already like, a little bit CBBC. Like, I'm envisaging sort of Queen's nose grade, that sort of oh, thing. Oh, strong. You know? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So you've got, you've, got a, you've got a slightly scrappy, uh, I'm thinking like hair tied back, 13-year-old, maybe red-headed girl, and, she, and like, she's, having problems at, she's having problems at school. But not she, like major but, problems, but still problems. Yeah, no, like, not like not like she's not like doing heroin or anything. No. But like you know, oh, like she's, like, maybe she's getting picked on a little Coke bit. Like or everyone she's, else. Yeah, or like or like like she's she's struggling with her lessons or something. Fine. Mm-hmm. Whatever, whatever. Um, oh, the she, ghost, the ghost help her with her history. And, yes, you see the ghost help her with her history. The I ghosts help her, and she helps the ghosts. Oh, that is so, amazing! And they get to keep the uh, season four end off. They get to keep the. The bed and breakfast, they're all friends, the parents know about the ghosts. Yeah. Oh feel and good like, hit of the year. And like I don't know, I don't know whether to have it as she meets the ghosts for the first time on episode one, or whether they've always been friends. She's grown up, she's grown up in this B and B. It's like there's no, been lots no, of people no. coming through, and like, and like, and like, when she was seven, she was about to fall off a bike, and one of the ghosts is like, no, and caught her or something. No, that's what so- you got. So there's one episode, right, where she finds out that they're going to destroy the, the hotel where she lives, the bed and breakfast. Right. Mm-hmm. And she's up in her room crying. Oh. So sad. And she opens her eyes and a, a ghost who has been like hung, drawn and quartered in the in the <laughs> in the basement or something. Yeah. It's just like, don't cry, and she just screams and then <laughs> He's just trying to help. She's terrified. <laughs> After her with he's, like guts all over his face. Yeah, house. like he's just like, no, 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 no it's cool. Down. Honest. I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> just be cool, all right? Just breathe. Please stop screaming. Just breathe. I'm sorry about this. Didn't have a choice. Um, and that's how they get it. Like, she's already wanting to find a way to save the house. Yeah. And okay. the ghost's like, this is it. This is it. We can do this. But some of them are nightmares. Like, one of them yeah. is like the inside of a spider turned outside. Jesus. I'm not sure about that last bit. I was kind of, I was kind of hoping it would be sort of like kid friendly. Grant, I'm but, uh, I'm involved. It's never going to be kid friendly. Nah, that's true. That's true. It, it might be an interesting juxtaposition as well because like it's not like kids are going to play it. No. But you have like and so she's the agent, so like so, so like she can go and get books from the library. Um, she can and like like she can like I like to imagine the ghosts are a bit shit, 
So like they can they, like their telekinesis isn't quite good enough. So it's probably easier just to ask the girl to go and move the thing. Yeah, and like one time they hand her a spade and a map, and it's just <laughs> and but it's like an old timey map. Yeah, and it, but it's hand drawn by ghosts as well, and there's just an X on it. And it's like we need you to go here and bring and bring back the treasure to save the house. And she goes there, and it's just it's just Vauxhall Cemetery, and <laughs> <laughs> she's just digging up a grave so that they can have a proper spooky dead body. Episode seven, world famous ghost hunter, Quentin P- Price. P- P- Quentin Price, thank you. World famous ghost hunter Quentin Price arrived, and he's and he's 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 played by a, he's played by a character actor of some kind. Who's, and he's got he's got lots of those big Gladstone bags and gets them out oh, and um, things around. Fuck, what's his name? With nail. Oh, I'm not. I don't think we're getting Richard E. Grant money, but that would be nice if we get him. Yeah, sure. Mate, mate, this isn't a real game. We can have a, we can have an unlimited budget here. It has to hang together. All right, fucking three Tom Cruises then. All right, stacked on top of each other so they make one Richard E. Yeah, Grant. Yeah, one, but, one, look, six Richard E. Grant isn't that expensive. No, I guess not. He well, makes I'm most of his money Richard from e. perfume. Anyway, Richard E. Grant. Class act. Love the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's there, and he's a world-famous ghost hunter, and he's he's here to he's here to, to prove, to, 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 to say, right, there's no ghosts here. I know about ghosts, so there's no ghosts here. And then um, Jennifer, I figure the name's Jennifer for the girl, that sort of thing, you know, mm-hmm. um, is, is like, well, you just got to go show yourself to him and then, and, and then we'll, and we'll find out it's haunted. Maybe that, that could be good. And like, oh no, we're too scared of him. Oh, he's so professional and intimidating. So Jennifer has to dress up as a ghost. <laughs> we don't want him to slide one of those electric shoeboxes across the floor. Stop <laughs> <on it. laughs> And then pull me in with a sort of... Wavy beam of electricity. Have you been watching Ghostbusters? I have, yes. I have. And they what have, they this, do with the they have this trap and they put them in a reactor in a basement of a fire station. I don't want it. <laughs> You'll have to dress up. The very well acted documentaries. That's the game. What do we call it? This place is ours. This place is ours seems a bit like, uh, it seems like one of those friendly indie games. Well, in which case, what you need then is like the Myrtle May Inn. Yeah, or... 33 Spook Street. <laughs> Bed and dead first. 11 Coroner Way. <laughs> dead in this house. How about... <laughs> That's all was... How about no vacancies? But because what you if they have vacancies? Well, okay. Because they don't want to vacate the property. Oh, so no vacating, please. That's the one. That's what we'll call it. No vacating, please. <laughs> That's it. I'm so good at titles. I literally hurt myself. We might go with this place as ours. We might go with this place as ours. Maybe. We're working it Maybe. out. We'll have, we'll have a Fi- thing. Fix it in post. Yeah, thank you for listening to the episode. By the way, uh, for anyone who listened to last week's episode, I... Chris, do you think we should try and get in touch with Games Workshop and see if we can publish that Space Hulk Orc game? We probably should. Because it's a I'm, pretty solid plan. It's a pretty solid plan, and also I've heard they're very free with licenses and don't charge for them in any way. Well, I mean, they're very free with licenses if they're, if they're game, PC gaming content is anything to go by. Yeah, their licenses are fairly expensive, though. Apparently you can turn up with a picture on an iPhone and go, Yeah, what if there's Titan and Inquisitor? What if they uh, a sword against something else? What if, what, what if, what if it was Imperium again? Oh great! Yeah, sure, absolutely. Yeah, have have the license. That's fine. Yeah. Well, uh, well, I mean, just just say it. I think it could be fun. We could have a little sort of building game. Well, it might. We'll, we'll have a, we'll have a chat. We'll, we'll, look, I'll, we'll, I'll, we'll have a word with legal. I'll see see if I can apply some pressure to some places. Okay? Apply some pressure.
Thank you for listening to Hearty Dice Friends. We love you in that way. Mm-hmm. We think you're really cool. Your hair looks great if you have hair. If you don't, you look brilliant without it. If anything, it makes you look younger. Um, we think that you're tall or short, but the right height, and you've got a lovely jumper on. He's smashing. It is a smashing jumper. If you've enjoyed this and you enjoyed that uh, that bumbling attempt at affection, then you can go to patreon.com forward slash hearty dice friends, go some cash, join the Discord, uh, and come and be our come and be our official paid for friend, mm. uh, which is nice. Uh, yeah. That's it. Bye. Bye.